Dear Shooter, with a national conversation in the news today, there are some things that defy common sense. Personally, growing up in a small town, there are some simple realities of small town America. There are things that are simply recommended not to try in a small town. Of course I have. I'm just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing, but get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter to your day. You want to get good at it and make no mistake about it. That's training. Let's face it. If you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. And we've all seen it. Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. Well, good morning, and I'm going to say it's Thursday, and I'm going to go out on a really sturdy limb here and say today's rant day. Uh, there's some spiciness going on in the room tonight. There's a whole lot of makings for it, yes. <laughs> um, so you guys were informing me about all the controversy about Jason Aldean, and I, I'll admit I, I'm not really up on it, but I've been out in the middle of nowhere for the better part of the last two weeks. Well, yeah, this country's gone absolutely batshit crazy. Well, that's been going on for six years. But it, the song that came out is a, it's a song. It's a piece of entertainment, right? And it speaks about some universal truths of a small town. Growing up in one, I got to tell you, he's spot on. He's not calling for violence. And there's nothing racist about the song. No. And and we talked about this when we when we were discussing Fourth of July and the and the parade we were in in a small town. Correct. You don't find a more patriotic group of people in a than other than a small town America. No. I'm sorry if you find it racist at all. You are the problem. He never pointed out any person other than someone who might try to do something dumb. He didn't call out color at all. No, he called out behavior. Yeah, and my understanding is that every example that he used in, in the video and in the song was taken from current events, news footage. Uh, how is that racist? It's not. And growing up in a small town, there's some universal truths, right? You don't do something stupid. You just don't. Because somebody's going to see you, and it's going to take 23 seconds. It's going to make it all the way around town. Everybody's going to know who did it, what was done. They may have even made up some shit. Well, and and grow. I think all of us grew up in what could be considered a small town. Small, some smaller than others. I mean, you grew up in a freaking mud hut and in a village. But uh, <laughs> you know, even even growing up in Casper in the in the early eighties. I mean, we're talking a, a, a city of thirty thirty five thousand people at the time. That's still pretty con- considered a pretty small town. Hey, I'm from Torrington with six thousand. What does Lingle have? Well, so when I was there, six. <laughs> a few more than six. So when I was there, Lingle had 400 people. It's tiny. So everybody knew not only the your regularity, but what color it was. Exactly. They knew everything about you. And what they didn't necessarily know, they made up and made some assumptions, and it became true anyway. And as a child, growing up in those places, you did not do stupid shit. Cool. What did I do next? your neighbor would beat your ass and then take you home and tell your parents who would and beat your ass. Yep. And then they'd call Grandma and Grandpa. They'd come over, and they'd beat your ass. It mm. wasn't worth it, y'all. <laughs> Still not worth it. But, I mean, the things we're talking about, you don't car check Grandma. Uh, no. I mean, you don't steal something, right? You don't act inappropriately and run your mouth, because if you do, you're going to get somebody who's going to smack your teeth out. Right. And nobody pressed charges because you earned it. That's right. And there's, there's the difference. Uh, it, it's personal accountability, and that is something that our society is severely lacking. Accusations seem to be enough these days. And Do I'm they? Sorry. Yeah. Do they? No. I don't agree because it depends on what side of the political aisle you're on. Or who's making the accusations. But right. making the accusation automatically gets somebody beat up in the media. Right. And it is. It's trial by media. But All right. So we just came through some pretty non-impressive timeline in our country. 
um, with some COVID shutdowns and the rise of some political social groups that took violence to the streets. Um, they destroyed property. They hurt people. I have to say Jason got it right. Try that in a small town. You're not going to make it very far. No, because we all stick together and we all do that R word. You know, we respect each other. Correct. Because you're going to see them tomorrow. You have downtown. to see them tomorrow. You can't be disrespectful like they are in big cities because they don't have, they'll probably never see you again. The One of the reasons that I've told this to people time and time again, why I moved my family back to Wyoming is I wanted my daughter raised in an accountability model. She's going to have to look that person in the eye tomorrow. And if she was acted a fool, she's going to have to figure out how to make an apology for that. Because otherwise, it breeds all kinds of bad behavior. Right. And and we, you know, we we have those people that, that live in our community. And they have ostracized themselves or have been ostracized by the rest of the community for acting the fool. There's been some folks that were ostracized in our community for a rumor that wasn't necessarily true as well. Mm-hmm. So small towns have their toxicity. They do. Um, but when a push comes to shove, we're going to pull together and right's right and wrong's wrong. Well, that's something we've discussed before, you know, where Brandy and I live in, in our neighborhood. And if, if you can call it that, because we all have acreage and we all don't exactly live on top of each other. But we all, we understand that when times get tough out here, we have each other and that's it. Absolutely right. But you also have skill sets you offer each other to help each other out. Right. So you can't act a fool in that group. You'll be the lady up the road that just moved in and nobody plowed her road in the wintertime because she wasn't too nice. She wasn't. No. no. Right? But no, nobody knew anything really about her other than she just wasn't too nice. Right. So She's also not from a small town. She's a city girl trying to make it out here. Again, right to the topic, couldn't be more surgical. It's a behavior that's been learned. And in a big city, it gets bred. Sorry for you folks out there in a big city, but if you look at the small town perspective, we don't get to act that way. It's it's not allowed. Well, um, we don't get to act that way, but we are also uh, necessarily uh, equipped with a skill set that big city people don't have. Uh, we we can make it on our own. We can grow our own food. We can hunt. We can fish. We can butcher animals. We can take care of ourselves. These are skills that are not taught in a big city. Agreed. We're ultimately talking about the disrespect that gets bred for your your brother man, right? If you grow up in that model, small town, where you have to rely on your neighbors a little bit, I mean, even if it's just a little bit, you have to respect yourself to know when enough's enough to not be used. But you have to respect them to be able to get what you need done when it needs done. And if there's an emergency, they all pull together for you because they respect you. Mm-hmm. It becomes a currency, if you will. Right. Well, and 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 even you know, forget the respect part of it. Uh, it it's a small town. You you have to interact with these people because they are all important in your life somehow. They're shop owners. They're restaurant owners. They're you know they they own the grocery store. They own the gas station. You have to interact with these people. That is still called respect. I know that that's a really hard line for today's young, but that is respect. Well, and I was going somewhere with the idea of the respect model because you have to respect yourself enough to be able to walk tall in that community and know that you're going to get that respect returned to you. A lot of these we're talking about the COVID and the protesters and all the ugliness that happened. A lot of these protesters were bust into these communities. They weren't from there. They had no attachments to that environment whatsoever. No. So they vandalized property. They hurt people. And they could walk away and go back to their communities without any reprehensional. That's because we'd never see them again. Correct. Right. Correct. And then let's fast forward to today. On the heels of this song coming out, reminding people that small town America, you can't do that stuff. Right. You see a court that has turned the common sense discussion completely on its head, and they're rewarding protesters and chastising the cops for arresting them for destroying property. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah, I did hear that today, um, that they were awarding Antifa members $8,000 each in a settlement. For 
getting arrested for hurting people and destroying property. Right. That's just dumb. to me what that what that boils down to is now you have government sanctioned uh, violence. That's a scary thought. Oh, but don't sing about it. And he's not really even singing about violence. He's he's recommending they don't come to a small town and try it because we don't put up with it the way the bigger cities do. And if I'm not mistaken, Antifa did try and come to Casper one time. Last uh, what was it? It was about it was about three it was about three years ago, four years ago. It was just before uh, I moved here permanently, and uh, they bust them in. the The chief of police, the mayor, went ahead and gave them a permit to to protest, uh, but also made it very very clear to them that uh, we don't have the budget or the manpower to protect you to provide security. So come with me, do what you want to do, but uh, the consequences are yours to bear. And that protest made it a block and a half before they loaded back up on their buses and left. So the law enforcement and the powers that be gave them the cautionary warning of, um, this is not a good idea. Yes. It's not the town to do that in. You start destroying a man's property here, that man's going to come out and take it out on you as well as all of his neighbors and friends because we are a family in a town. Whether you like each other or not, you still run to aid. Well, and we That's still right. we still believe in the Constitution. We still believe that property rights kind of trump everything. They do, but you're you're allowed to protect yourself. You're empowered by the law to protect your property, mm-hmm. and those that would try and damage it or take it from you are criminals by definition. Yes. But that's, you know, and it, but it goes back to, and, and, and okay, so we're, we're looking at, at Jason Aldean being canceled. CMT took everything off. Um, you know, and it's funny because the very people that are screaming about this and, and getting him canceled are the first ones to stand up and scream about the First Amendment. The problem is they don't understand that the First Amendment protects the speech that you disagree with. Agreed. Absolutely, 100%. If it doesn't work for the guy I don't disagree with, it shouldn't work for me either. That's right. So, community. That sense of community is what we're talking about at the end of the day. And it's nowhere stronger than it is in a small-town America. Um, There may be other places on the planet where it's strong like that, but I would guess that those are smaller environments as well. Yeah. I I mean, we see it. We live it. It's a human nature thing. And all this song is doing is saying, hey, don't try that. That's dumb. Right. Which I would agree with. Well, and, and for all this all this screaming about Jason Aldean, um, let's talk about Aaron Lewis for a second. You listen to some of the, you know, I like Aaron Lewis. Go ahead and disclaim that right out of the gate. But I, I do too. If you listen to the words of some of his songs, he is, again, not wrong, but he's calling to actions and things that would set the record straight if we did it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, how do you handle a bully? Brandy, you were bullied in high school once. Once, but you know it's it was violent. I do remember the case. However, you know she was she was bullying me. I was face into my locker, and when I turned around and belted her, I did not realize where I hit her. So breaking her jaw was not on the agenda. It was more of a cherry on top of the sundae. So that that was an extreme case. But did she bully you afterwards? No, she did not. And later on in life. I'm not saying we're friends, but we can have a civil conversation. Right. So there was a little bit of respect garnered because she was acting inappropriately and poorly. And while your reaction was extreme, it did set the record straight and corrected some behavior. I don't know how extreme it was because she was harassing me for two straight years. No, I agreed. But that one flash moment, yep, that was pretty extreme, right? You didn't turn around and just chew her out. You set the record straight. She had to think about for a while as she sipped her pizza through a straw. That was actually kind of funny. Right. Well, you, it, 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 people, bullies get handled one way. There's only one way they understand. And you might not like what I'm saying right now, but you can't argue with the truth of it. No, I can't. And and to your point, uh, even even a society... Uh, you, you see it in in America, especially with woke culture taking over a lot of these large corporations. I mean, you've seen 
Disney stock drop like a rock. You've seen Anheuser-Busch stock drop like a rock because they're embracing this woke culture and they're alienating 95% of their clientele, of their customers. The thing about it is, and, and, and our, our own government's doing this to us, you only, like, somebody being victimized by a bully, and that's exactly what's going on, you can only push them so far. Sooner or later, they're going to snap. And those words are absolutely right, and it kind of scares me a little bit of where our society's headed. Mm-hmm. Because we're getting pushed around on a daily basis, and they keep pushing, and they keep pushing, and they keep pushing. Eventually, we're going to have enough. And we're seeing that in, in, in rural Wyoming, we're seeing that people are signing up for classes. And, and one of the things we always ask them at the beginning of class is, you know, why did you, why did you choose this training? Why did you choose to come and train with us? And more and more, I'm hearing, look, the world's getting scary. And, I, you know, I want to know, I want to make sure I, can, I know how to protect myself in some of these violent situations that are becoming more and more frequent. And it's a reasonable reaction. To the stimulus. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it truly is. They are taking it upon themselves to protect themselves. Well, I think they understand. You know, we've seen over the last six years, you know, the, the whole defund the police movement. They, they understand help is not coming. And if, it, you know, when, when help does gets there, it, it's because the incident's over and now they're writing reports. It's to sort it out and apply a social justice that we've all agreed to called laws to the situation. Right. But it's always after the fact. After the I fact. mean, and, and we saw that, what, uh, three weeks ago, the, the, the resource officer that stood outside of Sandy Hook while all of these children were inside getting slaughtered, uh, acquitted on all counts. Now, was that Sandy Hook or was that Uvalde? That was Sandy Hook. That was Sandy Hook, okay. Um, you know, and then, and then, of course, incidents like that produce people like David Hogg, who, is, as, as dumb as he is, people listen to him. And they and he calls to action people to do really dumb things. Calls to action. Why is it that side calls to action and suggests violence time and time again when they're the ones that have put us in the situation? I've said this before. I will say it again, and I'm going to say it here. Um, we all agree that there's a left and right to this country. The left, and I've, and I've said this before, when it comes to violence, they have a dial. And they can turn it up and turn it up and turn it up. Our side doesn't have a dial. We have a switch. And we all know and understand the consequences of flipping that switch. Um, the other side doesn't. And, and we, we try. We implore. We beg them to understand. You don't want that switch flipped. What motivates them to have the understanding, though? They don't have any consequences right now. They don't, and that's the scary part. There is no consequences. There's no personal responsibility. There's no morals. They have no morals. Again, back to small town. You don't get out of a small town with having a little bit of morals. You just don't. You have to. Um, Unfortunately, the big cities in this country have become Sodom and Gomorrah. That, that's actually really kind of a spooky place to find yourself. Um, those of you listening out there, these folks are bullies, and they will continue to bully you as long as you let them. And that's a sad truth and reality of human nature, what we're dealing with. We've got to find some way to stop the bullying. And I'm sorry, I'm probably going to get hate mail over this one, but violence does solve problems. Only when it's necessary, not when it's no. rioting down the street. Now, okay, you can riot and you can say things that you believe. It's freedom of speech. Don't put your hands on people's stuff or on people. You don't have the right. I agree with you 110%. But when they do put their hands on you and they do damage or take your stuff, they then, understand one thing. Then I'm going to hurt you. You're going to stop it, Right. Uh, there's a line that I remember from uh, Starship Troopers, uh, what, 25-year-old movie at this point? But there was, there was a line in that movie, uh, and it was, um, I'm, I'm summarizing here, but it was talking about the fact that naked violence has solved more of the world's problems than any other vehicle. 
We have a standing military for what reason? Uh, to protect the homeland, supposedly. With But what? apparently we're the world's police. With what? Violence. The threat. The threat. And the promise thereof. If you screw around, you're going to find out. Well, we found out. We cut and run. In contemporary times. I think there's a bad example of that recently, and I think you're right in a lot of ways. But as a nation, we prepare for the fact that we're going to have to exert violence to set the record straight. I would have agreed with that statement 10 years ago. Um, What the military has become in the last, let's say, six years. uh, There's a reason they can't meet their recruiting goals. Okay, so recruiting and politics aside, though, as a social group of people, as a country, as a government, we have a mechanism that speaks exactly to the point I'm making. There's a portion of the government that is dedicated to promising they will exert violence upon you if you screw around and find out. Mm -hmm. So violence, back to my point, does solve problems. It does, and it solves them with finality. But you shouldn't get hurt if you have morals and have respect. You're not going to bring on the violence if you don't ask for it. Right. Right. A bully doesn't get punched in the mouth if he's not a bully. Right. Well, it, 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 and it goes back to that discussion that we have about why you carry a gun. Because now someone cannot exert force of will upon you. They have to negotiate. And we've talked about that in a recent podcast as well. The hallmark of a civilized society. And this is not my statement. There was a Medal of Honor recipient that went in front of Congress and had this statement. But a civilized society is an armed society because if I have a method and a mechanic to defend myself, I can kind of make you do what I want you to do with the threat of violence. Mm -hmm. If you have that same mechanism and the same ability to defend yourself, now I have to reason with you and convince you that what I want done is a good idea. Right. Which is a way more civilized proposition than putting at gunpoint and saying do it. That's right. And I'm I am all for the uh let's work together so everybody wins method of, of uh negotiation. But then diplomacy fails. Well then it's one of those things of uh I have two choices. I either walk away or I make you do what I want you to do. And I grew up in a small town in an era before the Internet and or cell phones and cameras and everything were everywhere. Oh, my God, you're old. I know I'm way old, like 50 yesterday. (laughs) And people are really brave these days because they can be their typer sniper bully behind the keyboard with zero consequences. In a small town, you ran your mouth in the hallway at school. And you found out the next time that there was a break between class. And you got your attitude adjusted. Hmm? And things were better. And guys, we're we're simple. Jason, you and I get in a conflict. We're going to go out here in the driveway and figure it out. Right. Right, wrong, indifferent, winner or loser, doesn't really matter at that point. But we're going to come back in here to the bar and have a drink together. Mm -hmm. Problem solved. Right? Right. It got it worked out. In a small town, that's how it went. And it is a universal truth. It writes the ship every time. So, yeah, that, I got to say with the, with the song being in the, in the news, go ahead. Try those shenanigans in a small town. You, he's right. You're not going to get very far down the road. Well, and, and I believe it was Kentucky, uh, and I'm, I'm pulling this from memory. And this was back in the 1960s. It was right after World War II. A community came together and actually overthrew the county government because of corruption. Um, armed. They, they went down. Uh, there was somebody, I believe, wrongfully, wrongfully imprisoned. They broke the guy out of jail, overthrew the entire county town government, and uh, put them in jail. And then reinstituted the, the elections, got new people elected, and righted the ship. Did any of them face charges for their actions? No. Interesting. But the winners rarely do. Well, they get to write the history, too. That's right. But, yeah, interesting. You know, it, it's only treason if you lose. <laughs> That's a funny statement, but you're not wrong. 
hmm, you know, I've I, I've always I, I've always liked that. I, that that's always my Fourth of July T-shirt is George Washington or uh, uh, no, it's got the it's got the British flag on it and it says uh, Happy Treason Day, Ungrateful Colonist. That's funny, and you know what? It, the British flag would incite an emotion in a small town until they read it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting fact because we we actually went to a Fourth of July celebration and. There were some very funny things that were written on horses' butts and and signs <laughs> that were made and and I, I'm sorry, small town schools, public school system, is not the best, and and I resemble this remark. I can't spell for shit. Obviously, um, yep, my grammar is horrible, <laughs> um, but I can communicate just fine if you get me out the constructs of a written word. I don't know about that. I've heard your Siri messages come through. And Siri hates me. <laughs> she just flat out hates me. You can't even dictate. I'm pretty convinced that she finds the most absurd thing to actually say and then pins it on Alexa. It's never duck. It's never duck, Siri. <laughs> Ever duck. But, yeah. I, the shirt with the British flag, while it's appropriate, might get a reaction until they read it. Right. Providing they can read. Yeah. And sorry, guys, in a small town. I mean, most of us are pretty literate, but there are some of us. Let's just be fair. Well, okay. But what's the difference between that and showing up with a Che Guevara t-shirt? Ignorance. Yes. Um, your shirt is intellectual, and it's funny, and it's a timely pun. But it's only intellectual and funny for those who studied history in school oh. before they stopped teaching history. Oh, and she brings the claws out. And she's absolutely right, though. A shake of our T-shirt. The folks that are wearing that have no clue. No, he would have killed them all. Yes. I mean, almost everybody I've ever seen that wears that shirt, um, you realize the guy that you idolize would have murdered you. On principle. Mm-hmm. And I got to give him credit. He held exactly to his principles. I'll give him that credit. I mean, he was an evil bastard, but he at least had principles and he stuck to them. Correct. I can commend that. Right. And I can, on a certain level, I can respect that. Now, I opposed everything that he believed in, and I would have been the first one to line up to try and kill him. But um, I think on a certain level, Enemies have always had a certain respect for each other. Worthy adversaries. Yes. Always have a certain level of respect for each other. Uh, you, you see that in the, in the samurai, in the Bushido Code. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. You never underestimate your opponent, period. No. And we, we saw this played out in the streets of Seattle when Antifa marched. And some recently out military veterans went and met them. It took nine guys to stop this protest of 200 because they knocked a couple out in the street and the rest of them ran away. So they're not bullies anymore? They're not bullies anymore. They become cowards and run like a bully always does. And I I wish we could count on that every time. However, um, the Rittenhouse incident, uh, we had to start kind of rewriting the playbook a little bit because he shot three people, and the crowd, rather than running away, advanced. Correct. Um, so from a training aspect, we're kind of having to rewrite the rules a little bit. They keep pushing and pushing. Next thing you know, we're going to have to flip the switch. Mm. I hope you're wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. But look at it and watch it develop and tell me that I'm wrong. I can't. There you go. I can't. And there's so many times. I, 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 probably for the last 15 years, I've made predictions about things. And, and so far, I think I'm about a 70% accuracy rate. And I keep saying I hate being right because it's not stuff I want to be right about. I used to be a conspiracy theorist, but all my conspiracies came true. Well, at this point, I mean... Uh, conspiracy theories are only theories for about three months until the media catches up. Well, I, you you go down the conspiracy rhetoric, and one of the first names that comes to mind is Alex Jones. Now, 
I used to watch Alex Jones for the entertainment factor. And he would get on there and he'd talk about things that he thought for sure was happening. Now, I can't definitively say yes, no, right, wrong, but watching history play out, he wasn't wrong a lot. No. He was crazy. Oh, he did batshit. And I'll give him the absolute nut job award, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't wrong all the time. No, I mean, yeah, I I totally agree. His tinfoil was wound really freaking tight, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't wrong on a lot of things. Which the message to the listener should be, pay attention. Watch what's happening and read between the lines. Look at both sides of it. And with your moral compass, hopefully a well-developed small-town moral compass, decide for yourself where you sit. You know what? That, that was one of the best lines. And I'll, I'm going to throw out another movie here, Shooter. Um, most people's moral compass is so screwed up they can't find their way to the parking lot. Uh, it, but that's, that's a product of... Unfortunately, our public education system, and and especially when you start getting to the university level, uh, and really when you start getting into the Ivy League type stuff, uh, you look at, you know, we talked about Disney, we talked about Anheuser-Busch. What's happening is is the old the old guard of the CEOs that ran these companies, they're, they're retiring. They're taking their golden parachute and they're going away. They're being replaced with these Ivy League, straight out of college, been indoctrinated since the third grade into this woke culture, and that's why they're pushing these companies to do what they do. Worse yet, from a civilian populace, things that we call news now is nothing more than commentary. You don't have hardly any news outlets out there that are going to give you an unbiased, here's what happened, fact no. No, I'm going to take a portion of what you say or what you write, and I'm going to twist it to what I want to make you look like a demon. Yeah. So we're trying people in the eyes of public opinion over something that's rumor, not fact, and people are listening to it, whether it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC, doesn't really matter. It's commentary. It's not news. That's right. Walter Cronkite might have been the most liberal motherfucker on the news. However... He got up there, and he read the news. It was short. It was sweet. It was the facts. It was. What it was, you what it is, what it will be. Opinion. Right. Which well, they, is what the news should be. They can't do that now, now because the media is owned by the government. It is. But I'll tell you what. I will respect somebody that comes on, and, and I'll be the first to admit this. I listen to a lot of talk radio because I can't, tell, I can't stand being able to tell time by what song's on the radio. Um, <laughs> but... The thing about it is, is, is somebody that comes on the news, somebody comes on the radio and goes, look, here's the news, but here's my opinion. I am, uh, you know, I, I, I'm an opinion journalist. I, I will tell you what the news is, but I'm going to give you my spin on it. Somebody that's upfront about that, fine, I can respect that because I understand that what you're giving me is your opinion. They disclaimed it as a commentator. Right. I mean, it's based out of something that's happening in the news. Sure. But it's commentary. It's not news. And journalists used to have integrity to just report the facts. Well, journalists used to have integrity when it came to their sources. Now they're outing whistleblowers, uh, making it really hard for people to go uh, red flag here. Well, it's lucrative. It is. I mean, there's nothing more addictive than the almighty dollar. Right. But whatever happened to the fact that the media was supposed to be free in order to be that check and balance against our government? It left when we had commentation as news. So, Jimmy Carter. All right. Yeah, Jimmy Carter. Uh, I mean, I, 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 that's about the time frame when commentary started to eke into the news. Right. Yeah, that's a valid timeline. I first, I first really noticed it uh, during. Bush Gore, when when that before the election, before that whole mess, watching the the news uh, when they would report on Bush and then they would report on Gore. I mean, it was just obvious to me. I was I was nineteen years old, but it was obvious to me then the bias in the media. And at nineteen, how well informed do you think you actually were? 
more informed than most 19-year-olds. Right, so you're above average. Even at that time. But you His college degree was that kind of crap. Yeah, fine. A poli-sci degree. Poli-sci degree. All right. No, nothing wrong with that. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you were recognizing commentary and media bias at 19. Right. But the missing component that I, that I didn't have then that I do have now is the direct effect that that commentary had on societal opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm getting at. People don't have ideas of their own anymore. They're no. told what to think. That's right. And that's scary because that goes back to something that I scream about all the time, and that's the education system. We teach people what to think, not how. There's a big difference between those two. Right. You know, I, when I was in school, we were taught critical thinking. We were given problems to solve using critical thinking. You know, we weren't taught what to think. And, and math, like the answer mattered. Here's critical thinking for you. My son is a cat. Whoa, 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 whoa wait. That's, that's one of the big things is the children identifying as a cat. So you're talking about furries. That's what they call themselves, but back in the day, that's not what that term meant. Right. So nationally, there's a lot of folks out there that are having this conversation in the schools, right? So the schools are, are allowing litter boxes in the hallways. Yeah. Because these kids, children, identify as a cat, a raccoon, or whatever it is, right? Well, here's the test. Again, small town logic. Can that kid lick its butt? I'm with you. Because at the end of the day, the animal that they are identifying as and would preclude them to have the ability to have a litter box in the hallway to be that animal, that animal can lick its butt. I heard something today, and it was the uh, uh, California, I think it was the governor of California, uh, having a town hall meeting discussing uh, parental rights as it came to the schools. And he, he said very specifically that, you know, parents have a seat at the table. Now, here's the problem with that. It's the parents' table. Um, what, what is it? Whatever happened to being able to raise your children? No, no, no. Now, California, and this is scary, <laughs> California has the ability to a, a school guidance counselor can decide, well, you're transgender, and they can dress your little boy up as a girl. And if you don't like it, under California child endangerment laws, they can take your child out of your home. Common sense has left the discussion. Here's the thing. Most of our social woes come down to a lack of parenting. Agreed. In a small town, we didn't have that. The whole town parented you. But at the end of the day, you are not by right giving your kids over to the school you're sending them there to get an education that's right reading writing arithmetic mm-hmm. These history history sure but I mean, if you don't learn from it we're destined to repeat it so this is what we're talking about right parents have to step up and be parents they can't be their kids friend there's a big difference between the two mm-hmm. and you see an entire generation right now of kids that have been raised by parents who wanted to be their friend, and they don't know how they're going to make it when they get out on their own. They don't have a clue, so they never leave. Right. And that level of help me, guide me, tell me what to think is what we're talking about. I'm scared to death for my 75th birthday. 25 years from now. Think about that from where we came in the last 25 years. I try not to. If we don't get this thing redirected as a country, this is place is not going to resemble the country I grew up in in a small town. Well, and, and I'm sure this is bound to bring the black helicopters, but have we reached a point where we are past the point of voting ourselves out of this? My opinion? Yes. Unfortunately, I agree with you. Can you trust a vote? No. I, mean, we, I, think, I think we proved that. I mean, at the end of the day, can you trust a vote? Because uh, if you can, you've got more faith in humanity right now than I do. I think you can trust a vote. You can't trust the people counting them. Back to can you trust a vote? 
Yeah. Because it doesn't matter who votes what until you count them. That's right. And that happens in a small town, so that's no different than anywhere else. We, we saw it. We saw it here. I agree. So, <laughs> back to your thought. Our, our way of society is really on that razor-thin precipice of being irrelevant. It is, and I and I really think that that's a lot of what COVID was, was they were trying to figure out where the problems were. Who was going to comply? Total and, test. And who were they going to have problems with? Total test, yep. And that was worldwide. Now, you know, forget the United States. That was worldwide. That's right. The other side will tell you exactly what they intend to do if you just listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. Um, I think the, the, my biggest fear and, and the thing that, that just bugs me the most is all of these people that want to support these ideas because they think there's going to be a seat at the table for them. Uh, it, it, it goes back to read some history. Um, Andrew Wilkow has this great line. Um, Socialism is for the people, not the socialist. All right, explain that one. Um, the people that believe in socialism think they're going to have a seat at the table. And they don't live under the rules that they make for you. Interesting. So name one attempt at socialism that's worked. There hasn't been one. Same as communism. I mean, those, those, those forms of government have failed time and time and time and time again. Past 200 years. Yes. One form. That's there, there hasn't been one. I mean, we've... Anybody that's, that's studied history knows this. They don't work. So we either learn from it and make an adjustment, or let's go back down that road again. But we have to teach it. Agreed. And that's where, that's where the hang-up is. All right, so in a lot of small towns, um, you could probably consider some of the schooling there homeschool. Yes. Because it's a really small environment, and those teachers are accountable to the parents. Well, yeah, because they're the neighbors. That's right. And they've known each other for 20 years. You know, a lot of times, those teachers went to school with those parents. That's right. Uh, I look back at my high school, and one of the guys that I went to school with, he's the principal there now. Mm-hmm. So there's a cycle there. There is. Which was odd. He wasn't voted most likely to become the principal. He was not. But, but I'll bet that the, the morals and the respect... And, and the educational values that he gained when he was going to school purvey in that community today. I would guarantee it. But again, it's a town of 500 people. You're not going to screw around in a town of 500 people. It's no. not going to happen. No. No. Um, and, and Yeah, 500 people, lynchings still happen. There's interventions that happen from time to time, sure. Mm-hmm. But they don't make the big headlines or news because they're just a small conversation. They may be heated, but they're over and done with. Right. But, and it goes back to, you know, that, that, that small town mentality where you get, you know, okay, so a town of 500 people, let's say there's 60 kids going to school at any given time. That's real easy for, you know, half of those parents to get together and pull that principal aside and go, we need to have a conversation. And the principal will redirect accordingly. Right. That's absolutely right. You know, that, that can't happen in a big city where you've got a school where you've got 10,000 kids. Well, the teachers are filtered through a school board and their lawyers. And the parents never get to really interact with the teacher on a meaningful basis. The teachers' unions have, have killed it. And, and unions in general have, have killed a lot of things in this country. Well, we were watching something develop here in recent days that... Um, is, is going to be kind of a problem for the the business community. Um, UPS right now is in a discussion with their union, the labor discussions, and if they don't come to an agreement, shipping will stop next Wednesday. Right. Which is a, which is a scary thing, and and like I told you, the the only thing I hold out hope is that uh, Amazon relies so heavily on UPS that hopefully they will step in and. You know, maybe help make things right. They have that power. They could do that. Sure. They could. Um, and and even if they did it as a stopgap, uh, because, and, and let's bring this back around to the firearms industry. 
how many firearms, how much ammunition, how much gear is shipped by UPS? A good chunk of all of it. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else will take it. Agreed. Uh, you know, FedEx doesn't want to mess with it. The Postal Service doesn't want to mess with it. Now, FedEx, that all de- it depends on what town you're in. Because I've received at work firearms via FedEx. But our local FedEx will not take them to ship. And that's a local thing. That's not. And the Postal Service. I've received firearms through the Postal Service. Now, our local one here will not take one in. So how can they do that? And, and, and somebody's going to have to explain this to me. If this, is, uh, if this is corporate policy, I get it. But, you know, FedEx local... USPS local, they don't get to make those choices. Well, uh, as a global, no, they don't. But in a micro environment, 99.999% of the time, the people trying to ship those things legitimately are not going to buck the system. They're just going to go find another way to ship it. Sure. They're not going to make a big deal out of it so the people at the counter get away with it. Sure. But, I mean, that's a real easy phone call up the ladder. It is. But again, that phone call up the ladder is a 12-hour ordeal. You ever been on an automated phone call? Yes. No humans for the first nine hours. I mean, I, was, I, I, I spent most of my Thursday morning on the phone with the ATF. Oh, my gosh. Why? Uh, I'm still trying to get a suppressor approved that I applied for a year and a half ago. Did they lose your paper? Uh, they're claiming some kind of glitch in the system, and somebody's trying to track things down. They think it's approved. I don't know. Is there another... Dude like you out there with your same name? No. Um, I mean, I've seen that. Uh, no, no. There's <laughs> nobody with my name, sorry. Um, but, uh, no, they, they did say that they had so, a, a glitch in the system, and it, and it was it was more locally um, the, the, the company that I actually bought the suppressor and is, is holding it now. Uh, they had some glitches happen, and they are actually working quite hard to resolve the issue, so... Well, that's good. I mean, they're here to help you at least, right? Yeah. In a lot of situations, the folks that have your suppressor or throw their hands in there and wash it and say, can't help you. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, a lot of them don't care. Um, I'm fortunate enough to, to be friends with the people that, that I, I work with, and they know me. They know what I do. I, I do quite a bit of business with them, and they have been more than happy to help. Did you just describe a small-town interaction? I did. Weird. Scary, isn't it? Weird. And I'm going to say that's probably an endorsement for, you know, shop local. Absolutely shop local. If you can't find it local, okay, go elsewhere. But shop local first. Exhaust, exhaust those options. I try to, unfortunately, and you know this just as well as I do, the, the, a lot of the things that we buy because, especially with the, with the firearms industry that we're in and the level that we're at in that industry, uh, local guys typically don't carry what we're looking for. Um, Often, no. It just because you and I are, I and and I hate to put, I, I hate to use this word, but you and I are kind of more into the the boutique level of of equipment. Yeah, I, I've I've weighed and valued my options and found most of them lacking. So yeah. I find exactly what I want, and if I can't, I make it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many things I've I've made and manufactured and milled out to to make something work. Correct. All totally legal. <laughs> Self reliance. Oh, geez, there's that again. Weird. I know. So, uh, it's been kind of a rant day, and yes. but I but I think a lot of this needed to be said. But to go out on a good note. I think there's a lot of pride and and a lot of respect and and a lot of of really redeeming qualities of the small town. The nation could learn a lot of lessons from it. Agreed. Agreed. And stop harassing Jason Aldean. There's nothing wrong with the song. There is no violence. There is no racism. Read the lyrics, all of them, not just the one that pisses you off. Well, and... And and stop harassing someone for exercising their right to free speech. We can all disagree and still not have it be a cancel culture issue. That's right. So, guys, until next week, be a little bit kinder to each other and just keep blaming your gun.